hope you guys are all celebrating some big adulting milestones this season. And you know what? Finding the perfect gift for those celebrations can be kind of tough. I have the solution over at grownupgear.com. We have adorable hats, totes, mugs, pillows, tees, and seriously, the most cozy and comfortable sweatshirts. They're all on grownupgear.com and all at affordable prices. We even now have digital gift certificates. If you can't decide, use code GROWNUP for 15% off your first order. Buying from our small business helps to support this free podcast. And you know what? We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We had an offer on the table. We were literally days away from closing on the house. And we had a surprise. Not a good one. You're listening to Money Tips for Financial Grownups with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grownup. And you know what? When it comes to money, being a grownup is hard, but together we got this. Are you wondering what that surprise was? Well, get ready to learn so much in this episode with Anne Lease. She is a wealth coach, a writer, and host of the Dreamers podcast. She's also the founder of dreamoflegacy.com, a platform dedicated to inspiring millennials to build wealth with purpose, as well as the author of Dream of Legacy, Raising Strong and Financially Secure Black Kids. In her interview, Annelise is very honest about the mistakes that she and her husband made with their home and all the grown-up responsibilities that came with residential ownership. And here's the thing. Even though she felt she should have done certain things that might have saved her from a lot of financial pain, those so-called mistakes were things that, frankly, all of us do, or in some cases, don't do. So please listen carefully because I don't want anyone else to get hurt the way she and her family did. Now, later in the interview, things get even more real when Anne Lise shares details of how her father lost everything he had worked for. Now, she mentions it in the book, but she doesn't go into a lot of details. So in our interview, I was really moved that she felt comfortable enough to share the details that weren't revealed in the book. And I am truly grateful for it. And you are all going to benefit from it. Listening to this interview will be time very well spent. Here is Anne Lise. Anne Lise, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Bobby. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to talk in a few minutes about your book, Dream of Legacy, Raising Strong and Financially Secure Black Kids. But first, I wanted you to come on and talk about your experience buying a new home and sharing some of your tips for new home buyers, because that is something so many people are doing right now. Give us some context, though, first, Annelies. Tell us what happened to you, and then we'll get to your tips. Sure, Absolutely. When my husband and I were getting ready to buy our first home, we were looking in a specific neighborhood. And, you know, after a little while, we found our home and we went through the normal process to get a loan. We got an inspe- a home inspection and we were excited. We were going to become homeowners. We had our first child. Then we had two other kids. And one day we decided to go out of town 
for the weekend. And, you know, as first time homeowners, we didn't know that when you leave, even if it's for a couple of days, it's probably a good idea to shut down the water <laughs> at your house. So we came back to wait, a- just pause right there. So I don't think a lot of people do know that because I that's a big tip right there. We live in an apartment. We don't shut off all of our water. I don't even know if that's possible in an apartment, but this is certainly news to me. When you leave a house, you're supposed to like turn off the whole water system, not just not leave a faucet running. Yes, you you Okay. It's advised to shut off the water system, and we didn't know until this happened to us. So, when we came back, our house was I mean, the the main floor which was the kitchen, uh, there was a water damage, so, you know, it had gone all the way down to our basement. And so we had to redo the entire main level, the floors. We had to redo the basement. And it all happened because the water line connected to the dishwasher. There was an issue there. And then we were out of town for a couple of days. So by the time we came back, it was a complete mess. So we had to move out of our house for about, I want to say, six weeks. At the time, we had twin babies and a three-year-old. And so it took a while for the house to be renovated. We stayed in temporary housing for a little bit. And uh, luckily, our insurance company covered most of the cost. But we found out (laughs) that they weren't going to renew our policy. And so two lessons there. The first one is, well, first of all, (laughs) make sure that you shut off your water when you are um, leaving for more than a day. And then the second one is before signing up for insurance, you talk to your insurance company and understand their policies. Because what we found out is the prior year, there was a hailstorm in our neighborhood and our roof was damaged. The insurance company had replaced our roof. So that was two claims in two years. But those were the only claims we've had in about, I think, four years. And the policy was if you have two claims in the past five years, well, you need to find a new insurance company. And even though that those were the only claims that we've ever had, we had a really hard time finding another company to cover uh, our insurance. As a result of that, our premium went up by, I think, five or six times. So <laughs> my advice is make sure that you understand the policies that your insurance company has. And also, Like for us, when we finally got out of that five-year range, we signed up for a company that allowed (laughs) two incidents to happen without basically uh, cutting you off after five years. So now we have a company that will let you have two incidents in two, three years as opposed to five. Yeah. No one thinks about that kind of thing. So I think that's a great lesson. What other lessons do you have as a first-time home buyer for first-time home buyers? When we went through the process to get our loan approved, we went through the inspection. There was some initial structural damage that had been fixed by the previous owner. And we received a letter from the engineer. The engineer came back and provided a letter to say that everything was back in order. But, you know, when it was time for us to sell our home, I want to say five, six years later, we were in the process of getting everything done. You know, we had an offer on the table. We were literally days away from closing on the house. And we had a surprise. 
not a good one. Turns out that the structural damage was not fixed. It was a much bigger problem than we thought. And the buyer pulled their offer. And it was the same structural engineer that we had hired a couple of months prior to make sure that everything was back on track. And so I think here the lesson is, and nothing against real estate investors, but you know when you do buy a home, just consider bringing in your own uh, structural engineer. But when you do buy from an investor, pay even more attention to everything that's going on within the house, because in this situation, they didn't really fix the problem. They put a Band-Aid on it and it got worse with time. So as a result of that, we ended up selling the house for $100,000 less than we were expected to. It was the same inspector, so he changed his report? So it wasn't an inspector. It was a structural engineer. So the inspector cleared the house, but he recommended that we get a letter from the structural engineer that had done the work. So the structural engineer came back, provided a report. But then... You know, a few years down the line, when we were getting ready to sell a, a home, we hired another engineer to make sure that we were on track. And, uh, you know, when the buyer asked that we provided the number of the engineer, we didn't have a problem because we knew that everything was good. But the engineer came back and gave them a report, refused to show us the report, saying that we had to also pay the fee so that they would give us the report. And after that, the buyer just walked away. And we hired another company, and that's when we realized that, no, oh, it was going to cost a lot more to fix the problem. So the same structural engineer changed his story. Yes. Did you confront them about this? Well, so when this happened, so he was like, well, you know, I, I came probably, I think it was maybe six months or a year, a year prior, things changed. So we couldn't really prove that he had given us a different scenario. You know, he had recommended that we do work. We did the work. And, you know, after that, he refused to show us the report. So to this day, I've, I haven't seen the report that he gave to the buyer. What is the lesson, the tip from that? I think the tip for us is if you do buy a house that is a pre-existing home, it's not a bad idea to go one step further than just hire, hiring a home inspector, getting a structural engineer. In our case, I think it would have been better to hire, to get two different engineers <laughs> so we could make an educated decision. Which seems expensive in the short term, but clearly it costs you in the long term not doing that, right? <laughs> exactly. I think I would have gladly paid the extra $500 and save 100000 <laughs> Yeah, I think so. It, this breaks my heart. And it, it unfortunately reminds me of some things that you share in your book, which I mentioned at the top of the episode. It's called Dream of Legacy, Raising Strong and Financially Secure Black Kids. But in that, you recall a lot of your family experiences and the money experiences of your parents. Can you share a little bit of that? Because I believe there's a lot of tips we can learn from that. Sure. I think there, there's so much to talk about here. But if I want to focus on the essential, one thing that I learned from my parents growing up is to live below your means. And that's especially was especially important in your community. Can you talk about that and the cultural pressures that they did have? Oh, absolutely. So I grew up, my parents had five biological children, but, you know, I grew up in a house full of cousins and, you know, a bunch of my cousins lived with us because, you know, in my culture, the person who makes it is expected to take care of uh, the family. So my parents were not only taking care of us financially, but they were financially providing for 
cousins and even like their siblings. So there's a lot of financial pressure that comes with getting to a good place financially. As a result of that, or um, I think one, one of the reasons why my parents always live below their means. And also, you know, just preparing for the unexpected. And I'll share here a couple of instances where that that rule really helped them and our family. And one of them is, um, you know, was early, sometime in the 90s, my uh, father, he had a business partner that he had worked with for a while, and they had a couple of businesses together, or actually I should say so he thought, because it turns out that, (laughs) I don't know if you've ever watched the movie Catch Me If You Can, but his business partner was actually a master at (laughs) deceiving. And so they were a couple of businesses that they had started, and he basically robbed my father of a significant amount of money. And uh, to be fully transparent, that, that was in the 90s, and <laughs> it's the equivalent of $700,000 in today's dollars. Wow. Yes, and that was very complicated schemes that uh, his business partner did. And so overnight... <laughs> you know, your retirement funds or some of your retirement fund disappeared. And it took, it took a few years for my father to realize what um, this man was doing because he was not only his business partner, he was also his lawyer. So that definitely impacted my parents' bottom line. But because they had been living below their means, they were able to sustain that, that challenge. And, you know, later on, you know, my mother was diagnosed with a long-term illness And uh, she kind of overnight needed 24-hour care. And my parents live in a country where insurance or, you know, disability insurance is not really a thing. So you have to finance it yourself. And so now all of a sudden, you know, my mother was working. So it's down to just one, one person working. And now you have to pay for very heavy medical fees. And if my parents hadn't lived below their means, they wouldn't have been able to. Wow, this is a lot. I'm I'm so happy that they did do that. And so what is the tip from that, I guess? Beyond obviously you want to live below your means. Well, that's the main tip, but I think just in general, that this is more like a general tip. You just have to double and triple check and even the people who are supposed to be your your advisors, whether it's your financial, your lawyer, you just have to make sure that they are serving your best interest and you cannot blindly trust them. Don't blindly trust somebody. Yes. Check the paperwork. Even if someone else is is doing it and you think that they're taking care of everything and you trust them, it's still important to get in there and understand what's going on yourself. This has been wonderful. Annelise, where can people find out more about you and about Annelise Wealth? Sure. So I am at dreamoflegacy.com if you want to visit me there and sign up for my newsletter. You can also find out more about my book, which is Dream of Legacy on my website or on Amazon. And I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at Annelise Wealth, which is A-N-N-E-L-Y-S-E-W-E-A-L-T-H. Thank you so much for sharing so much. I really loved having you. Thank you for having me. Okay, grownups, let's review just some of the highlights from this interview with Ann Lease. Be careful when you buy insurance. Actually, read and make sure you understand 
all the coverage limits. And if you don't fully understand it, take it to someone who can walk you through how things would actually play out in different scenarios. You don't think you're going to have those multiple claims, but well, that's what insurance is for, right? Double and triple check with the home inspectors and engineers so you do know the actual true status of your home's structural health and make sure you document everything. Just because you think you can trust someone, like a business partner who is a dear friend and in the case of Ann Lisa's father, your longtime lawyer, you still need to be checking the numbers. Do not trust blindly. That's a harsh lesson, but yeah. Be aware of cultural money pressures. Now, Ann Lise talked about this a little bit, but I strongly recommend everyone read her book, Dream of Legacy, because in it, she talks about the cultural norms that can often lead to damaging financial decisions and habits in the black community. Every culture is different, of course, but whatever your heritage is, it's important to identify and understand how it impacts the money habits for you and for those around you. I would love to hear how you think the environment, culture, and even the people around you impact your money decisions. DM me on Instagram at bobbyrebel one And if you aren't already subscribed, please sign up for my now weekly money tips newsletter. You're going to get insights about our interviews, previews of upcoming clubhouse sessions, and links to relevant news and information to lead your best grown-up life. Big thanks to Annelies of Annelies Wealth for helping us all be financial grown-ups. Money Tips for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media, LLC. Editing and production by Steve Stewart. Guest coordination, content creation, social media support, and show notes by Ashley Wall. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned in the show, as well as show transcripts, by going to my website, bobbyrebell.com. You can also find an incredible library of hundreds of previous episodes to help you on your journey as a financial grown-up. The podcast and tons of complimentary resources associated with the podcast is brought to you for free, but I need to have your support in return. Here's how you can do that. First, connect with me on social media at bobbyrebell1 on Instagram and bobbyrebell on both Twitter and on Clubhouse, where you can join my Money Tips for Grownups Club. Second, share this podcast on social media and tag me so I can thank you. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. And you know what? It really motivates others to subscribe. You can also support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grown-up friends and treating yourself as well. And most of all, help your friends on their journey to being financial grown-ups by encouraging them to subscribe to the podcast. Together, we got this. Thank you for your time and for the kind words so many of you send my way. See you next time. And thank you for supporting Money Tips for Financial Grownups.